The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Hello world. What separated your deep ball from everybody else? My deep ball, it has a little secret sauce to it, man. <laughs> I never get too high, never get too low, but just keep moving. The, the whole story is Carlos never beat me in any kind of sports in, in, in high school. Welcome to the Orange is a New Black Podcast. I'm your host, Ace Boogie, joined by my co-host, Zim Huday. Zim, say what's up. Hello, world. Did you miss us? Back in the winner's circle, like the immortal world to Skip Bayless. What it do, baby? Let's go! <laughs> dubs! All dubs! All right, I'm going I'm to chill out. I'm here. We in, the, we in the building, baby. What's up? What's up? What's up? Ace, talk to me. Let's go. Let's get it on. Tell him, bro. Tell him, bro. Definitely feeling nah, a lot better. Nah, this ain't better. no time to chill. Keep it up. Keep that same energy. I seen you. Oh, nah. Yeah, I was I was hyped. I was definitely hyped for sure. Um, But, man, it feels good, like you said, bro, to be in the winner's circle. I think you texted me uh, right after the game, and you said uh, something that stuck out to me. You said, winning cures all. And I think that that was definitely the case, especially today, man. I think, like, I had a a moment of realization, like, I think people were, were telling me, like, you haven't been being yourself. And I'm like, what do they mean by that? And I think, like, when I've done a lot of the recap videos after I was losing so many games and stuff like that, it kind of took the energy out of me. And, like, today, like, my whole Sunday has been nothing but positive. Like, everything's been good. And... You know, it was just dope to see what happened happen, like for it to happen against a good team, right? Because it's one thing to beat like a so-so team or something like that, but to go in there with the odds stacked against you with, you know, the offensive line, like we hear this morning, Michael Jordan's out and it's just like, wow, it's just crazy. Like what's going to happen? And for them to play how they did in that game and for things to happen how they did, it was just amazing. The offensive line playing well. Jim Turner, who I criticized, several times, not only just had the line playing well in this game, the last three games, if we're going to count all of them, Zach Taylor. If you guys have noticed, I've stopped really talking about Zach Taylor because the last three or four, so maybe even four to five games, he's brung it. Uh, And then you also talk about, I think, uh, Lou Anarumu. Like, we were killing him. Everybody was killing him last weekend. And even though he he still had some miscues here and there, he still started calling some fire, like with those blitzes and stuff like that. Like, so this team just really came full circle and there wasn't much negative. I know that there was one negative aspect, which we'll probably get into in this game. But outside of that, it was just great to see this happen. I think especially 
going into the bye week because it's already been a long season for us, but this has kind of rejuvenated us and has us kind of looking at that Steelers game and the rest of the season. And like your name points out, it has some more optimism in life that's been breathed back into this team. And like Joey B said earlier, this could easily be a team that was six and one. And I think that that was the most frustrating part. But to get that W in the fashion that they did it today just shows how much and how far we've come. I agree with everything you said. You know, I think about I, I, I'm not one of the people that I think dives into the past a lot. But even just the Chargers game, I think like if you look at the whole season in a vacuum, it's just it's a lesson in life. Like some things the for people that are patient sometimes and everybody wants to go 100 miles per hour to the winner's circle. Some things just can't happen overnight. But if you look at the way that we lost in the Chargers game, right, they took their foot off the gas and they allowed the Chargers to come back in that game. They learned from that game. The Eagles game. Uh, they go into, you know, like these preventive, like defenses, whatever, and Carson Wentz comes up, scrambles, gets the touchdown. They learn from that game. So they come back and they say, well, we're going to play man defense. Uh, the week, You know, like on um, uh, on the Browns game, you know, like right. they learn. And, and it, so then what do you see today? You see like a mix of everything. And some of the blitzes that, that like the Logan Wilson uh, sack or whatever, like it's just so crazy because – the Browns game, one thing that gets lost in that game is, and a lot of players alluded to this, if Mackenzie Alexander makes that sack on the first play of that uh, overtime, the game is pretty much over right there. And, you know, today I, I saw, like, the same kind of blitz call. They they disguise it and act like uh, uh, Mackenzie's going to rush it up the middle, then he comes over, and they did the same stunt. Right. And the difference is it, it got home today and Logan Wilson gets the sack. But, you know, like just rewinding the clock on some of these things is just learning from their mistakes. And some of the everybody that you said deserves a game ball. I thought one thing that I just thought was so good all day. And I said this on my Twitter was the special teams. I felt like the special teams like Brandon Wilson had a big return. But just just all the gun, all the gunners, like every time when they did punt the ball. They made him pay for it, the field position, everything. Even all the way to the end of the game, Huber puts the ball like where he's got to put it. Um, goat level punt, like at the end, because he doesn't really get that many opportunities and he just made the most of his opportunities. But talk about Billy Price. Nobody gives more shit to Billy Price than me, right? Talk about making the most out of your opportunities. And I just, I'm really, really happy that we can take life lessons and they're learning from their mistakes. And those games that they had no business losing, the only difference today, I just thought like mentally it just clicked and they just said, we're going to win and there's nothing that's going to stop that. Uh, the defense in the last game, I never thought it was bad. If you go back and look at the pod, I never criticized the uh, defense in that game because I thought that the coverage was really good in a lot of those instances. The Bryant kid made big plays on Von Bell. Darius Phillips was not out of position. It wasn't no blown coverage. It might have not been the best call in the world for Lou Anaruma to put him on an island, but Darius Phillips was where he had to be in those instances. He just didn't turn his uh, head at those times. Flash forward to this week, they made some of those adjustments so they're not putting so much pressure on one corner to go make a play. William Jackson did his thing with um, A.J. Brown. People aren't going to talk about it because Tannehill couldn't really target him that much until the end of the game when we go into a cover three shell. So just all around great effort. 
Go look at the Geo uh, touchdown run. Auden right. Tate's lined up as a tight end. Like many have clamored for him to be, right? Like, lines up as a tight end, puts a right. huge block on somebody. Uh, Adenogy and uh, Spain, fresh off the couch, come Spain. in, hit, bang, hit him right, like take him right off. And, and, and Jeffrey Simmons is no no scrub. Takes him right, right off, uh, take him right off his assignment, knocks him right off the ball, the line of scrimmage. Auden Tate comes in with a block from the tight end position. It's these type of things where when somebody says, well, we don't need A.J. Green or we don't need Mixon, if your team is playing like that, playing complementary football, offense, defense, whatever, there's an argument for that style because now that you have number nine, you know, if everybody collectively does what they have to do, then you can win games. And that's what we saw today. Definitely, definitely. Got some super chats to get out the way here. Uh, shout out to Jigsaw13, uh, super chat of $2.00. I want to see Winston Rose play at corner. That's definitely uh, something that could be entertained. I think Darius Phillips might have gotten hurt in that game. It was a whirlwind. I'm not sure. Uh, someone said pray for Phillips. He tore his uh, – yeah, y'all already know. YouTube going to try to flag me on that one. Uh, but Stephen Hoffman, appreciate that, bro. Another super chat as well for 499 He says, let's get it started. Appreciate you guys, man. Who day, Burrow season. So if you're just listening to this – from your podcast and stuff like that, whether it's on iTunes, whether it's on Spotify, we do go live. Myself, uh, Ace Boogie of New Stripe City. You can find my YouTube channel with New Stripe City. Zim's also on YouTube as well. So we go back and forth. So in order for you to catch both of us, make sure that you're also subscribed to his YouTube channel that is under the name Zim Hude. And when you do that, you can be in these chats and be able to ask us questions and stuff like that. Well, with the guarantee super chat. So appreciate that. Um, somebody says Zim and Ace are like Burrow and T. Yes, for yeah, sure. Definitely. Get it. And I could be T. I could be Burrow. I don't give a fuck. As yeah, long it don't as, matter. We it, as long as we win it, bro. Y'all, I, I could be T. Yeah. Shit, I'll be Mike Thomas if you want me to be. Like, if it's a dub, it's a dub. Yeah, whatever it is, it's a dub. It's a dub. So let's talk about, I guess. A.J. Green, right? So I think the only negative out of this game was A.J. Green had two catches for 19 yards. Uh, and he obviously had more targets on than that. What were your thoughts on the game that A.J. Green had today? Was it something that kind of stuck out to you in terms of his struggles or, or what was it? I feel like it's the same thing that we're seeing every week is that every team that we play is going to get their best corner on A.J. Green. So Malcolm Butler, it was his turn. Before then, it was Denzel Ward. First week, it was uh, Casey. I mean, um, Casey Hayward. Casey Hayward. Uh, every team is going to get A.J. Green. Like, that's just what it is. And it opens it up, I feel like, for T. Higgins. So to me, it's not the worst thing in the world. It's almost like um, me talking about John Ross opening up the field. A.J. Green is going to take the best corner. He's going to make him travel with him every game. AJ Green has to make those plays in those instances when he does have those opportunities because now they're going to start to slowly get, you know, limit itself down. He finally jumped. I made this, I made this uh, post and I was talking to Ace like off the air and I just was like, AJ Green is not jumping for anything. And there's been about, about three or four jump ball opportunities where there was a clear cut, inter I mean, touchdown or either a pass interference that was to be had. They didn't do it. Um, I mean, he didn't do it. And then today he did, and he failed. Um, he just has to adjust. He's not going to be the deep threat that he used to be. But from a route running uh, standpoint, I think he'll still be legit in his league. 
he has to come to the realization of it that it's changed. And I and I will say this: in the warm-ups, he was doing this drill where he's putting pressure, trying to jump. You could go look on Bengals' uh, story right now if y'all don't, if y'all want to see what I'm talking about. He's doing drills to just continuously work on that ankle. I think he's really bothered by it mentally. I don't think physically it's harming him that much, but mentally, I think it's like hindering his process and hindering like what he could do. But mind you, he hadn't played in two years, so. I would even stretch to say he needs a full season to get back into form, but at the same rate, he'll be 32 years old. So it is what it is. He's now crossing into the part where Larry Fitzgerald got out of his prime of his career, and he still became what you know Larry uh, Larry Fitz uh, Larry Fitzgerald is four or five years removed from prime Fitzgerald, and there's nothing wrong with that. He's still a viable force, and he can still be really good. But I think. I'm seeing it so much too too often that he's just a slant. He's just a uh, – I don't even – they don't even put him on digs, you know. So right. it's just a tough thing to do. I mean, it's a tough pill to swallow because that's my favorite player. I feel like I have a pretty cool relationship with him too, but the reality is the reality. He's just not the same, and I think he's hampered by it. I don't know if you saw me pulled up kind of lame like with his hamstring too. Did you mm-hmm. see that on air after that last incompletion that he had? He started to like kind of he walked off like gingerly, like his hamstring is still bothering him. Right. Yeah, I, I think like you said, uh, he's definitely both of our favorite players when it comes to him and just the history that he has. But I think I was I was talking to Matt Minnick earlier, and I think we both agree, like, even if AJ isn't AJ, there's still a role for him here. Like, I don't think it's that he's time. going to, and I think me and you both, we can't speak for him. But AJ isn't about really like money like that. He's about being great. He's about being a legend. He's about handling his business. Like he idolizes Larry Fitzgerald. That's what he models his career off of. And we've seen that Larry Fitzgerald wanted to stay with one team his entire career, did things the right way, did whatever it took to win. And I think that we can find a role like that for AJ, like whether it's and I think you've been seeing it this season. They rotate and move all of those guys around, whether it's Higgins, whether it's AJ, whether it's Boyd, like AJ has moved into the slot to the other side. T has taken on the number one side or what you would consider the number one side. I don't see an issue with them doing that at all. Like, I don't think it's a thing where you just got to get rid of AJ per se. Um, But but yeah, I think that there's definitely something that they can dig out and carve out for him. Now, as some people don't know, a lot of this stuff that me and Zim do is not scripted. So, Zem, I'm going to ask you, going into the bye week with this positive momentum that the Bengals have captured, obviously they went out and got Spain, they went out and traded Dunlap and got B.J. Finney. Are there any other moves that the Bengals could make to bring something in that will help this team in terms of trying to put together, like you said, this six out of eight or whatever run? Quentin Williams? Quentin Williams. So if for uh, Quentin Williams, would it be like a, a player is a part of that trade or is it, is it just a straight up draft pick? Give them a straight up third. If they don't bite on it, I'd be willing to risk a second because nobody in the draft. I don't care. I don't watch college football, but there's nobody in the draft that's going to come out with the attributes. And you know enough about Quentin Williams right now to say he is a legit player in the football in, the, in this league. His measurables lined up next to people like Geno Atkins, Mike Daniels, DJ Reader, different things like that. You still got a year and a half on his contract, so you got a chance to get him in your system. 
no one in the draft is going to offer you that from a third or second round level. I don't care what somebody could overachieve and people and players might are going to maybe end up better than Quentin Williams. But like talent wise, like Quentin Williams coming out of the draft, what, what was he like the number four, number five pick? Something number like three, that. number three, number, actually number three and, and say you could get him for a third or second, like just just a pros from a prospect level. Like to me, it's a no brainer. They've been rumored to say like a second round pick for him. But if that guy's on the block and I, I've also, you know, the Patriots are having a fire sale, too. If you're not 100 yeah. percent sure in William Jackson or you're not 100 percent sure in what the future of Trey Waynes is, I'd be looking at Stephon Gilmore. Now, his contract in that is not as friendly and maybe not in your favor. I had to get Andre Parada or somebody to look at the numbers for me. But to me, that would be. See, I don't know. See, Patriots are in rebuild mode. So somebody like Ross that they would they they could have used if they were in a winning type of formula. Now that they're in a fire sale, they're not looking to build a team or add any guys that they got. Because Ross is 2.8 million. They're got to pay for half a year's salary. Like, you wouldn't be doing that for that. So, I don't even know what you could offer the Patriots because the Patriots play hardball. So, I don't know what you could offer anybody on the Patriots. But I would make a play for maybe Joe Tooney. I don't care how good the offensive line look good today. Uh, uh, Quentin Williams. There's a bunch of guys. People in the comments, give me some people that still has been on the chopping block. I've heard that the Texans, every single person that they have on their team, I heard all of their guys are out there too. From a wide receiver standpoint, I feel like we are good. Um, that's the, this, this is another thing. Just to talk about AJ real quick. If AJ Green, if say uh, Auden Tate, say Tyler Boyd, say Higgins goes down or something like that, the dumbest, not the dumbest, the biggest mistake you could do is just trade away AJ Green for nothing and you don't have a viable backup in a spot. So people need to think about that as well too. And part of me feels like that's what they think about John Ross is like, John, just get ready. If somebody goes down, you're going to go in. But it's not fair when Mike Thomas is suiting up and he doesn't have an impact or he has a drop pass in the year, the week before. I just think giving Ross like one play a game would not only build up the value, but, you know, whatever. We, we're not going to talk about Ross today. We, we got to win. So is anybody that you would think from a, a free agent standpoint – or something that you're looking to get like right now, because pass rusher is now right. the biggest Achilles heel in this team. I I think, uh, like you said, there's pass rusher is definitely Achilles heel right now. I think with Darius Phillips getting carted off today, I think corner is definitely a sneaky need for this team where they need to at least go and get a body that they can bring in that's somewhat solid. Now maybe it's Trey Wayne's comes back after the bye, right? He had that injury earlier in the season. Maybe it is that. Uh, but when I look around, like you said, Stefan Gilmore, that is somewhat pricey. And that would be something where it would be a situation, like you said, we need uh, Parada to come on here and break down whether or not that's feasible. But you also talk about some other guys that are out there. It looks like Desmond King apparently is out there on the trade market. So maybe you can swing something for a guy like that um, to come in and and maybe if you do, not to continue the John Ross conversation, but if it is something where you're trying to trade Ross at the deadline, maybe you can move him for a player or a need like they kind of did with Dunlap. Like you might not get someone on the level of, of a Ross, but maybe you get someone that can come in here and at least give you something better 
than what your other corners are giving you, like a Tony Brown or, or someone like that or a Winston Rose. Maybe you can get a guy that's better than that, and maybe he can provide that. Ryan Kerrigan apparently is on the block right now. I don't know how he fits into what the Bengals do here. I'm not sure what his contract looks like. Uh, but maybe he's a guy that can help you. Riley Reef is another guy, offensive line help, even though the offensive line played admirably today. You know, he's another guy with the Minnesota Vikings possibly having a fire sale that maybe you could bring in potentially. Uh, so obviously there's there's other moves and stuff like that that they could make. Uh, but I think in terms of the most solid uh, positions, I think as linebacker, especially with Luke Wilson doing his thing today. I think that linebacker is, has vastly in, oh sorry, sorry. <sighs> Logan Wilson, appreciate that zone. Uh, I think at the linebacker position, we're pretty good there. Uh cornerback, I'm somewhat worried. Um, safety Von Bell bounced back this game for sure. Like two interceptions in a row. One gets flagged. He comes right back with another one. Jesse Bates is, I mean, Jesse Bates is definitely the number one free safety in the league. And I don't even think that it's even close, honestly, at this point, based off of this season in particular, not based off of the last three, four years. This season, I think Jesse Bates may be headed for an all pro kind of thing. And then I think for sure, for like, sure. We, like we talked about tight end, tight end, Seaton Carter. I like what he did today, although it wasn't much, you know, maybe the most important two yard catch uh, of the day that we actually saw today on a fourth down. Uh, but obviously with Drew Sample being very inconsistent there, I think we do need a tight end. I wouldn't be mad if they went out and got a tight end. Obviously, we Njoku. talked about Njoku last week. Right. If if they're willing to do that, I'm willing he, to do that. He had a couple key drops today, too. <laughs> right. Like big, I, big drops, like in the Browns game. Right. So if we could get if we could get a guy like that somewhere where they have – and I was kind of jealous of the Browns tight ends because they have so many that – Guys can go down and it's just like they don't skip a beat. So if we can find a tight end, I would definitely take that. Before I move forward, though, somebody brought up that A.S. Moss. That's a good point. Um, Jigsaw. See, I mean, but isn't he just out here on the couch, though? Like He's not I on a team. Yeah, I don't think he's on a team. I know he got hurt or something. Like I don't know oh, what no, happened no. with that is. But um, he asked, Jigsaw asked for $5. Appreciate that. Um, Gio or Mixon? It seems like Gio has been performing more Stop. than Mixon this season. Stop it! And I'm all for Mixon. Now I'm gonna play devil's advocate on this. Stop one. it! I'm gonna play. <laughs> I'm gonna play devil's advocate on this one because it's crazy. Because me and Matt kind of talked about this earlier. Let's let let me make one thing clear. Joe Mixon is on a completely different level um, than Giovanni Bernard. Like if we're just speaking in general, if we're talking about the top NFL backs. The one thing, though, that I will say is game flow wise, if Zach wants to run his offense like this, which is a pass first offense completely. Oh, my goodness. DKK. I have, hey, that's to, what stop I'm saying. Chat. I have to stop the chat for this one, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, my God. Wow. Um, sir, thank you so very much. Um, Steve, Sten Madsen, uh, $200, I wow. believe. Uh, super chat, a lovely second win. What are the issues going forward? <laughs> Answer this man. Win and more. Getting a tight end will do it. Okay. We have to definitely answer this question. Um, I think that the issues going forward, I think I talked about it, is tight end, cornerback in terms of the depth. Uh, that's going to be a, a tough ass there for them. I think, like Zim said, edge rusher, got to be able to get some pressure in there for sure. 
Uh, we were able to get one sack today, but it did come from Logan Wilson. That's why I think Logan Wilson should play more because I think our last sack may have been from Logan Wilson when he played. Uh, to get a second win and more, I think that they just have to do what they did today. Get up on these teams, which they did against Cleveland. They did against Indianapolis. They just couldn't hold them off. So I think that they have to do that. They have to be consistent. Uh, I think Zach has definitely improved in terms of the clock management. I think they continue to do that. Getting a tight end, definitely, because it's already hard to guard all of these receivers. And then if you get your safety blanket, which is a tight end, you just literally cannot be stopped at all. But Zim, uh, if you want, man, feel free to. They said that two hundred is thirty dollars. Okay. Uh, <laughs> it's thirty dollars. Okay, like, it's still okay. all good. It, it's still it, all I want, good. I, I want to care if someone put donated one dollar to Aces like YouTube right now. Like that's all a blessing to me. Like it's right. one more dollar than what we had the day before that. So right. ain't no right. amount. It just caught me off guard because the way it looked. I'm yeah, because like, it was like two hundred. I was like, all right, oh. but but um. The biggest issue to me going forward, when I look at the Colts loss and I look at the Browns loss, it's just a severe lack of pass rush. And if they could make that from a three-tech position, like someone like a Quentin Williams that can do with Geno. Like, can you imagine a line with Mike Daniels, Geno Atkins, Quentin, Quentin Williams, Williams like in the, in the AFC North? Like, we would be forcing everybody's hand to make everybody just throw. Right, like it right. would get to that point. Like we were able to stop Lamar from running with the with the personnel that we have now, right? So right. from there, it's just daring everybody to throw. You get right. Trey Wayne's back, get Darius Phillips back. Uh, maybe I'm looking at next year or whatever. I don't know. I'm just even just this year. Get Trey Wayne's back and William Jackson on the other side. Have like Phillips like back maybe in the after the buy or whatever because he I seen him on Instagram and everything afterward. Usually if it was a, a, a season ending type injury, players aren't actively on the gram and all that other stuff like that. So I don't think the Darius Phillips one is gonna be like really, really serious, but I guess we gotta wait and see. But I think it will force a lot of teams to pass. And if you look at the teams that we got, and I think we're probably gonna close the show and talk about this. And the reason why I'm saying six out of eight, you gotta play the Dolphins. The Redskins, the Giants, and the Cowboys. Like, throwing people like Quentin Williams, Mike Daniel, like, to me, from a pass rush standpoint, that's major, major, major stuff. If you give Joe Burrow a tight end, I'm not in a rush to do it right now. If, if you end this, note, end this season on a good note, right, you're not going to have a top 10 draft pick, so you wouldn't be looking at tackle. On the board is going to be edge. Tight end and corner in the first round, if you're anywhere between 10 and 20, it's just what it is. And for me, that's where I might be looking at the very best tight end in the draft. Like if, if I'm at that spot and, I, and looking at the offense I'm looking at right now, what's the one thing that will make them like next level, maybe 30-something points a game every week? A, a legit, athletic, freak of an athlete tight end. C.J. Uzama still there at, in the secondary role. And then Drew Sample coming in in your jumbo packages and blocking, like that's 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 a crazy lineup. That's that's how you make a roster. What I was gonna say before I get back into the running back question because we didn't forget about you, Jigsaw, Evan Ingram. If they are willing to make him available, I take him because I'm taking Evan Ingram, even though you know the draft might be a lower costing thing. I think if you were to say like, okay, we'll give you Evan Ingram for a first round, a fourth round pick or something like that, I'm taking Evan Ingram because he is literally like Tyler Eifert 
pretty much Tyler Eifert to me. What, what is his drive his like though? Well, like, like, do y'all know any like what is it? I've never seen him talk or anything like that. Like, what is his drive like? Does how committed to winning is he? Because I always see him uh, from a fantasy football standpoint. I don't right. know anything about him as a person. It's honestly hard to say because the Giants have been trash for a while. So, like, right. I don't know if he's ever – I've never heard anything about him, like, going off in the media. Like, when OBJ was there, obviously the focus was all on him. I've never heard anything about Evan Ingram. I remember them saying that they were kind of tired of him being hurt all the time, but he's just kind of bought out and shown up whenever, whenever they call his number. What were you about to say about the Geo thing? Okay, yeah, that's what. Let me get back to that. Okay, so Geo and Mixon. So I'm no way in no way saying that Giovanni Bernard is better than Joe Mixon, right? But I think that he may be a better fit for what Zach is trying to do. And I think if you want to have a pass first offense, when it comes to pass blocking, Geo is an elite pass blocker. I mean, we've seen that the last two games, Joe telling him to go to his right, to his left. Like, Geo is an X factor there. And I think that that's also a part of why the offensive line hasn't looked as bad because Geo's been in there helping them. And then the other thing is him in the pass game. When they blitz all of those guys like the Ravens started to the last couple of weeks, and even in that game, they started running Geo on some screens. And that screen game is nasty. And I think when Geo gets the ball in his hands, it really makes and creates mismatches for those bigger, slower linebackers. And he's so short and shifty that they can't see him. So he can hide behind those linemen. He can make the catch. And he has so much speed, he's pretty much gone after that. And so uh, Giovanni Bernard, I think, may actually be a better fit for the up-tempo shotgun offense that the Bengals want to run because you can – he can take the draw. Like, I nothing against Mixon, but as soon as Gio gets that draw, he's gone. And so when it comes to catching out of the backfield, it's not that Joe can't catch out of the backfield. For some reason, they won't use him for that. But it seems that they feel like Gio is more suited in that area. And I think that he may low-key be a better fit for that type of offense. I, I wouldn't argue the fit, but Joe Mixon is going to come – more to the forefront for me because in games like the Steelers game that's about to come up, you just gotta have Ferraris and Geo is is the man, bro. Like I've I've showed highlight after highlight. If y'all don't follow me on Instagram, I'm Zim underscore Hule Hude. This is New Stripe City on Instagram as well. But if you check out my, I show Geo highlights of him in pass protection every week. Probably the best blocking running back in the league. But there's going to come a time where you got to make big, obscene, crazy plays. Like, I talk to you about Kamara every week. He's on my fantasy football team or whatever. Like, right. every week. It's not about, like, or is the lane there. There is a, a lot about, like, how they script the plays and he plays on a better team. I get that. Cool. But they're without Michael Thomas. They got a bunch of guys that most people haven't heard of. They scheme up different ways for him to get the ball. When he does get the ball in space, First man is missing every single time. And at some point, Joe Mixon's got to turn it all the way on where he's just going to do that on a weekly basis. And when he does that, it coincided with Joe Burrow going crazy. That's it's something Gio, it's something that Gio just can't offer, I think, from a playmaking standpoint. On a on a game to game, on a game to game basis, he is a viable threat at running back. Like, no questions. Most teams would be happy to have him. 
teams like had he not performed as well, I think a lot of people would be talking about Gio on the trade block because they didn't like his contract before the season. But now right. he's starting to earn it, and I, I, there's a lot of teams that would love to have Gio. No, I think what you were hitting on is what we saw in that Colts game, right? It was just like Joe Mixon being married to that Joe Burrow passing offense with him hitting Tyler Boyd. Like, we were firing raw cylinders in that game to come out. You talk about A.J. Green was on, T. Higgins was on, Tyler Boyd was on, and the run game was on. And I think that that's what Zim is alluding to. Like, when you have all of those guys going, it's, like, unstoppable. Like, there were points in this game, whether it was Samaje Piran or Gio, where it was like, oh, they're only going to get, like, two or three yards. They're like, nah, Mixon would be getting, like, eight to ten there it's a totally different it would have been game. ugly it would have been ugly for them like i had a couple of my friends that was um uh fucking who did we play titans <laughs> we had a couple of titans people in there i had a couple little bets and stuff and i and i would and i said that too i said if mix it would have been it would have been even uglier than this like pure right. domination if y'all remember the Chargers game it was the same as that game the only difference was a couple of little couple more punts in there whatever same thing dominated most of the game had a little window that the Chargers could come through um probably like third fourth quarter and they came through the window Tannehill could come through the window and then we didn't take our foot off the gas but if Joe Mixon is there yeah that that game would have been ugly like that would have been like something crazy it would have blew everybody I feel like everybody's shocked right now don't you yeah, I think I think everybody's shot right now. I don't, Matt, I, Matt yeah. did he pre, did he predict Matt, on the show? Because I know oh, on Twitter he wrote that he thought that the Bengals would beat the Titans. So apparently, right after I got off of the show and Anthony joined him, apparently Matt predicted that the Bengals were going to win, like right before the kickoff. But before we get out of here, got a couple uh, super chats to get to. I'll toss it back over to Zim to see if there's anything else. Before we wrap up, as we're running a little over here, so we got Stan with another donation. Appreciate that, bro. He says, "Just happy we won. Awesome, we won. Who day? And please, from Denmark, do go vote. So appreciate that, bro. Um, and then we also have a ten dollar one here uh, from my guy, Mister Whisper. Having seen our starters and backups play extensively now, what is the best lineup uh, for us in your opinions? Mine is." Uh, Williams, Spain, Hopkins, Redmond, uh, Johnson. It was tempting to add Price at center for me. I'm gonna ask you, Zim, what would your like going off of what you've seen now, right? Right, we've seen literally all of the linemen, right? Right, right. What, what, what would be your ideal lineup? Williams, Spain, Hopkins, X, Xavier Sulafilo will be next after that, and then right tackle, uh, Bobby Hart. <laughs> right, I mean, right. I mean, Bobby Hart and Fred Johnson. This is a toss up for me, bro. Adenogy has some good reps today, bro. Yeah. Like he only got beat yeah. one time on uh 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 one one clowny one clowny rep that I saw him get beat on, bro. Like right. I mean, so, Bobby Hart just came off the best game of his of, yeah. of any career. I mean, of his whole entire career in the last two three games. Um, his bro. I'm not even going. Put you on blast, but I talked to his cousin every single game, and we go over the PFF numbers, and we go over like a couple plays and stuff. He hasn't given up. Like, go look at this stuff if y'all want me to post it. He hasn't given up that many pressures, and he hasn't given up, but I believe two sacks on the whole year. Right. Like, I, I gotta go fact check that. But 
I don't know, bro. Like, I, I know people are going to probably kill me for saying that, but nah, I think, but, I think but, you're but right. Brandon, and I'm glad Brandon that you're move him out for Xavier Sulapito because in the zone blocking, like, he's way more athletic to get the second level. We talking about Geo and Mixon, Xavier Sulapito. The one thing that he does better than most of the people on our roster right now is running space and catch linebackers at the second level. Okay, so I'm gonna try to mix it up at least a little bit just for the sake of argument. So I'm gonna go with Jonah Williams. I'm going to go with this is this is where it really gets tough. I'm gonna go with Michael Jordan at the left guard. I'm going to go with Trey Hopkins at the center. I'm gonna go with Spain at the right guard, and then I'm gonna go with Hakeem at right tackle. <laughs> so, but that's I mean, nothing against Bobby Hart. I just really like Hakeem really has shown that the hype is real, that he was a guy that had a ton of potential. And like you said out there with him playing left tackle, he looked good today. Talking to Matt Minnick before the show, he talked about him originally playing right tackle, moving over to left tackle in college. Um, So I would like to see what he could do there. But nothing against Bobby Hart. Bobby Hart is one of the best linemen on this team, um, as some might be upset with hearing that. But, you know, he's had a great season from PFF. He's been said to be one of the smartest guys in terms of IQ and is able to tell guys where to line up. And you can't really replace or put a value on that. And it's also hard to keep Billy Price out of there because I said that on the show beforehand. I was I was telling Matt, I was like, with him being a center, everyone knows the center is essentially the quarterback of the offensive line. He's got to know where everybody's supposed to be at, what everyone's supposed to do what their assignments are. And I knew that this was going to be a big game for not only Billy to perform himself, but to also let all of these guys who really hadn't played much know where they're supposed to line up, what their assignments are supposed to do. And so to me, he was almost kind of like Coach Billy Price. And you guys know, like me and Zim said, we've been down on Billy Price a lot. We have not shied away from the criticism on him. And so um, it, it was hard not to put Billy Price in there, but the fact that you got Trey Hopkins, that – that's the only thing that makes it somewhat hard for me. Um, so with that being said, Zim, I don't know if there was anything else that you wanted to get into. We appreciate you guys for listening to the Orange is the New Black. And stay tuned because we do have some surprise guests coming up. Uh, we'll we'll reveal those later on. But obviously with us heading into a bye week, uh, we're probably going to have some other things coming down the pipeline This is a part of the Cincy Jungle Syndicate. So if you're listening to this now on YouTube, don't forget that you can also listen to the audio version of this uh, within wherever you get your podcast from, whether that's iTunes, whether that's Spotify. It's going to be under the name Cincy Jungle. Obviously, we call our podcast The Orange is the New Black, but I've always seen people actually try to look for that in the podcast story. You're not going to find it under that. It's under the name Cincy Jungle. Once you get into the Cincy Jungle app, you'll start to see titles and stuff like that. You've got the OBI Insider. It's all good stuff. OBI Insider, Matt Minutes Chalk Talk. If you see one that starts with the OITNB, that is us. That is the Orange is the New Black podcast. Um, So not only check our stuff out, definitely check their stuff out as well. We've got all kind of player interviews and everything like that. And just this past summer, we as a collective entered into the top 50 podcasts in the United States on streaming platforms. So keep that up. We appreciate all of that. Um, but before we get out of here, Zim, was there anything else that we needed to add? Stillers, we want smoke. Six out of eight is the goal, Bengals fans. Uh, that's all I can say. I feel like you closed it out really well. 
Thank you. Nah, I'm with you. We want the smoke. Squiller. <laughs> I mean, it, we, I mean, I can't run from it. Like we, 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 what we say all year, man. I, I, I said I don't want to play them dudes or whatever. Like you can't run right. from it. You we definitely gotta go. can't run from it. If they win, they win, whatever it's gonna be, whatever. But if they play like they play today and just come out there with heart, it's a building block for the future. And it is what it is. I can't run from it no more. I want smoke. I don't care if they got pass rushes. We call it right. Zach calling fire. Let's get it. Let's get it. Zach's calling fire. We need Luda call fire. And at the end of the day, like Zim said, coming into this game, no one gave the Bengals, you know, the expectation to win. And it could be the similar setup against the Steelers. So as long as we come in there, if we can come out and get a win against the Steelers, that's huge. Um, but we will be signing off. This is the Orange is the New Black podcast. We're going to leave you with a hoo day. Zim, go ahead. Hoo-da! Hello, world. What separated your deep ball from everybody else? My deep ball, it has a little secret sauce to it, man. <laughs> I never get too high, I never get too low, but just keep moving. The, the whole story is Carlos never beat me in any kind of sports in, in, in high school.